Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> Wine. I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> 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 Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, <laughs> Brian Plofsky, and hello, hello, clap your hands. Maybe this time I'm my own best friend, but the world goes round with the Basin Street Blues. All the clouds roll away, but if you sing the theme from New York, New York, then you'll see that the cabaret will teach me tonight. But I ask you, what makes a man? Jubilee time? No, it's the Palace Medley, of course. Joining us today, the usual my mammies, including uh, Kevin, he's funny that way, Jager, who's actually not here with us today. Who's not but here at all. I, I had to make sure that I, I gave him that. And I'm sure he'd do a big boisterous laugh and say, oh, I like that one. But Kimberly, our I'll be seeing you game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Hello. And with us today is someone you may have seen on Broadway in Lies at the Palace, or you know him from his amazing nightclub work at Birdland, the Carlisle, the Russian Tea Room, and more. He's collected all of the awards for his amazing shows. Let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show. Jim Caruso. Welcome. Oh, my God. That was so horrifying. (laughs) You're welcome. You can use it in your bio. You can use it as your bio. Super, oh super God. happy. Record it was it. so great. How you worked <laughs> all those song titles in. Um. Yeah, that's that's what we do here. We we're stupid. Um, very impressive. <laughs> very very impressive. Thank you. Well, before we jump in, let's just start with what are you drinking? Oh, what are we drinking? Oh, this is so exciting. Have a frosty Coca Cola. That's right. Beautiful. I'll say it. I don't really drink a lot. Yeah. Because because I work in nightclubs and I've seen people You've seen just things. go. Oh, I've seen hideous, hideous things. And uh, so <laughs> I kind of I stopped drinking a couple of years ago, and um, so I I do enjoy a frosty Coke. So yeah. Cheers. So do you? So do you put your glass in the freezer and then pour it in? Is that your thing? I can't believe you said that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's the best way to do it. For sure. It's the best way. Yeah. And then uh, with extra ice and the whole, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A That's what I do, soda. and I'm proud of it. <laughs> uh, Kimberly, what are you drinking? Also very exciting. I am eight months pregnant, so I'm drinking water. <laughs> oh, my God, Kimberly. Here I am. Uh, congratulations. You can the bottom of me, but it's there. No, no. Oh, God, it really is. That's so <laughs> awesome. It made my <laughs> camera tilt. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. So much. So I'm just going to be refilling this water all night long. Sounds great. Good for you. Um, Good for you. And I'm drinking, like, I'm drinking a nice... I would have a root beer. Like, if I was going to have my oh. preferred mocktail these eight long months has been a frosty root beer. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. Float and or floats for special occasions. I have yet to have a float, and I keep craving them, and then I just oh. never have both things in my house. Okay, so here's the float hack of the century: you get your root beer and you buy a Carvel ice cream cake, and that's your ice cream for the ice cream float. 
Okay, that is brilliant, and I'm on my way to Carvel yeah. right now. <laughs> well, that's the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Carefully. We're all on our Wait, way to Carvel. See you there. Did we hear what you're drinking, Brian? No, I'm drinking a. Actual thing. I have an actual thing. I kind of wanted some wine tonight. Um, so I'm drinking some Chianti and, uh, I haven't had like, I don't know. I'm usually like a whiskey guy, tequila guy, but I was just kind of in the mood for, for a nice red this evening. Nice. Okay. Like, a, a, a what good is sitting alone in your room? Come to the Cabernet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to get into the theme. The puns. <laughs> well, that's an amazing segue because, um, uh, we're here to like talk. A, <laughs> yeah, it was. Don't worry. <laughs> that's one of the better segues you've heard here on Broadway Sid, <laughs> for sure. Um, Julia, so yeah, let's get, let's get right into it. Cause that was a, that was a, that was a segue that is approved here on Broadway Sid. Um, so this is the 20th anniversary, 20th year of uh cast party. Um, for those of our listeners who don't know, could you explain a little bit of what cast party is the origins of kind of how you built this and, and how you kept it going for, for that's such an, honestly, that's such a feat. 20 years of like having the willpower to keep going. Like we've been doing this, what, seven, eight years now. And like, it, yeah. it, it, we, we understand. And it ebbs and flows. Yeah. I, I can't, be- first of all, I can't believe I've done anything for 20 years. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally anything. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I started uh, in theater and doing musical theater my whole life. Uh, but w- at some point when I lived in Dallas, Texas, uh, I decided that I, I, there was more to life than just being in the ensemble. Uh, so I thought, I'm going to put a damn act together. I'm going to show them. And I did that. And uh, the act starred me as the <laughs> singing sensation and my mother at the piano. That's right. Amazing. And, uh, oh, yeah. It was like the Judds on lithium. It was really depressing because <laughs> my mother my mother could only play ballads. So it was a very, very, very slow act. Um, <laughs> but we were called, the act was called Son of a Bitch. And we played fish restaurants in Dallas, Texas. Wow. Wow. Very proud. Yeah. Uh, So at some point I fired my mother and I got another piano player and uh, I started really working in clubs a lot. So down in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, there was a kind of a flourishing scene in Dallas and Houston and Little Rock, Arkansas, like Mm -hmm. all these places. So I put a trio together called Wise Guys. We were working all over the place, all over the country. Then we were op- an opening act for Joan Rivers and Liza and Cheetah. Oh, wow. And I know. And we were working out, out of New York quite a bit. And I'd always wanted to live here. So I finally moved here in 1990, uh, which seems like it was two weeks ago. But it's, in fact, 100 years ago. Uh-huh. And, and um, it... That that took me all over the place. It really seemed to to become my career. At some point, uh, my trio broke up, and I decided to leave show business. And mm. show business was furious. Uh, show <laughs> business was just heartbroken, and I became a publicist. Oh, yeah, and. Um, at, at at a point, 
the the uh, guy that owned Pete Sanders, who you probably know, the publicist mm-hmm. said, would you help with PR for this new nightclub called the King Kong Room? Uh, and I said, sure. So I started doing press releases for drink specials. Yeah. And um, it was Christmas and I decided to throw a Christmas party. There was a piano in the corner. This was at the supper club at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, and everybody came, everybody showed up, everybody drank and ate and had a blast till the wee hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next day, the owner of the club called and said, would you do that every Monday? Because as oh. you know, that's the theater dark night. Right. And I said, <laughs> I said, what? Huh? Uh, okay. Nobody's going to come. Well, people came. Wow. And at that point it was like the, the kids on Broadway were Max von Essen and, and Christopher Sieber and, um, uh, Chenoweth showed up cause she was just starting in wicked and Josh Groban was doing a thing, uh, mm-hmm. a concert. And that. So we were, we started to get kind of a, a following because oh, and Liza, of course, mm-hmm. uh, we started, we started to get a following because all these stars were showing up. That's how it started. Uh, so during that start it, period, yeah. do you think, I'm just curious, like looking back on it, were you the only game in town and people were excited about that? Were there, I mean, were there like word of mouth? Like what kind of brought yours or they were just, they were doing their circuit and like, that's where they landed and they had a great time. Could, or is it just magic? It, I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. I don't even, should I say this? I don't even like open mic nights. <laughs> They're kind of <laughs> annoying for the yeah. most part. Um, was special and i had billy stritch at the piano which of Mm. course raises everything a a Mm -hmm. billion degrees um it it was it it shouldn't have happened and it Mm -hmm. did um i had no idea what i was doing but i had a feeling there was some kind of magic um and and i i'm obsessed with the theater community uh i'm not the ultimate theater nerd in that I I can name every Tony winner from, I mean, I just know who I know. Mm -hmm. And if they're, if they're friends of mine, I love them. Uh, I found that community extremely supportive and a lot of fun. And it just happened. It was, there was an overall atmosphere of fun. Um, It was, it was a joyful night. It was inspiring. It was, um, it, I don't know. I don't know why it happened. Yeah. But 20 years later, um, thanks to, ha- well, oh, then we moved to Birdland, which was our great good fortune. Because mm-hmm. that room is an incredible music room mm-hmm. and and put us really put us on the map. So I don't know why it happened. Um, part of it is our celebrity friends. And is there any other kind? Um, I, you know, <laughs> part of it was luck. Part of it was, I knew a ton of people who just showed mm-hmm. up. Uh, then I, I remember Max Van Essen had a birthday. So he brought like 30 Broadway kids, uh, Neil Patrick Harris and like, you know, all, all his pals at the time. Mm-hmm. And they all showed up and we sang around the piano and it, it wasn't as much of a show as a hang at that point. Mm. It became, it became, <laughs> more of a show when we moved to Birdland. But um, sometimes it would be like Night of a Thousand Stars 
And then it would be like the den of non-equity the next night. It was, we never knew what it was going to be. Yeah. That's uh, exciting. It was, it was, it was a thrill. And I saw a way to, to celebrate this incredible community, have me a job and have me a job. My new, <laughs> have me my a new job. Autobi- my new yeah. autobiography. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, and you that know, sounds like the opening to like little Abner or something like that. Uh, Granny, I got me a job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just loved it. And Luke, and I, I mean, probably the same way your show took up. Did you ever plan to do this many years of, of this show? No, not at all. We looked at our first episode. We were like, who are these 400 people listening to this? How did they find us? Like, we were shocked. Fully shocked. Kimberly can definitely tell you about that. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, there was, like, no concept of, like, where it would come from. And then I think just, like, there was a point, and I feel like, like, you had a turning point in there, too, where, like, Broadway fans found each other and then were searching for things. And so you're in New York. And I, I remember I went to a cast party when I was in college <laughs> because I remember seeing all of the videos on YouTube and we were like, we're not that far. We're free on Mondays. <laughs> and like me and my like three friends from college were like, let's go. Oh my God. Do you remember it? I don't remember who was there. Now I'm just like, I've watched a video. So like, am I retro fitting? Right. <laughs> right, right. And I'm just like, was I there when it was a Miranda Sings night? Cause that's when I was there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the thrills of cast party. And I'm sure what you do too, is you have people on their way up. I emailed Miranda Sings when she had a few thousand followers. And I said, you are, hilarious i thought she was miranda sings i thought that was the girl because mm. that was before, was before Colleen Ballinger that, like, persona kind of thing was mm-hmm. happening yeah. yeah she was just kind of weird and annoying and i thought she was funny and i and i said if you ever want to come to new york because it said she lived in tacoma washington i got an email back like within three minutes oh my god that's not me i'm a normal person I'm an actress. I know who you are because all my friends have done cast party. I want to come to New York. So she got herself here. She stayed literally on my sofa. I mean, yeah. And she showed up and she did a thing with Danny Reichard, who was, Mm. I think, still in Jersey Boys, maybe, or just had just left Jersey Boys. Mm -hmm. They were hilarious. She gave him a voice lesson. And then I started to book her. And it started to explode. And now, of course, she's a billionaire. <laughs> and like so millions and successful. millions of followers. Yeah. Like That's... 3 billion fans on YouTube. What? Mm-hmm. Anyway, to see that, to mm-hmm. see a kid, a 13-year-old Ariana Grande come in and sing for mm-hmm. us. To see Charlie Puth, who used to come in and sit at the piano. Oh, wow. I'm not saying... I'm not saying we had anything to do with their success, no. But to be but was, kind yeah. of, kind of in or and yeah. a part of that, the beginnings of these insane careers has been the craziest thing. I never would have thought that would be 
you're a my really, life, you know, like cast party was a really is a really important part of the opportunity circuit. And like, and, and you have a name and a special place where you were like the, uh, j- even just these like tidbit, these little morsels of stories are just like really fascinating. And, and, you know, they're almost of a different time because of the pandemic and lockdown. Like it's very different now the way we communicate. Like I'm sure I'm making an assumption. I'm sure that like at some point, during the pandemic, because you were doing, you mentioned this before we started PJ cast parties and like you were like right. running CBS through your apartment. That's your joke. I don't want to steal that. TM, your joke. Um, but like, yeah, like what was that like? Okay. So like everybody else, the first two weeks of the pandemic, I literally pulled the covers over my head. I was so sad, so depressed. So, oh my God, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd hear sirens outside. You people yeah. not in New York that are watching and listening, you have no idea what this city was like. You know, it was it was a horrifying time. I watched every episode of West Wing from the beginning to the end. And then after that, I was like, well, well now what do I do? This is... The, uh, and my friend Ruby Lochner, who is an actress, a wonderful singer, and uh, she's been coming to cast party since she was six years old called me and she said you should do cast party online i said i don't want to oh don't don't make me have to learn how to Mm -hmm. what am i gonna do it on zoom am i gonna i'm not do i don't know how to do it she said Mm -hmm. yeah but i do that's what i do i'm a producer Mm -hmm. of online stuff so she figured it out we we started pajama cast party uh we did 82 episodes (laughs) every monday um and it was, it was one of the greatest feelings I've ever had in my life to bring that to an audience. And we were getting crap loads of people, like, mm-hmm. like thousands and thousands of people watching. Thanks to guests like Chenoweth and Alan Cumming and, um, you know, I mean, we, we, everybody I could, because the good news was, Nobody had anything else to do. <laughs> right. They were home. <laughs> yeah. You, you hit start on your computer. You're, you're doing a cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, sometimes the quality wasn't so good. They'd sing from their sofa or, you know, with a cassette tape. I mean, it, it couldn't have been jankier. Mm-hmm. But, oh, and um, music is so hard on Zoom, like figuring out because oh. you can't sing really together. And <clears throat> I mean, we had so many funny things. Do you know Mary Wilson, who was one of the Supremes? Mm-hmm. I, I had, Mar- I mean, back in the day, she was one of the Supremes with Diana Ross. Uh, I, she's a, she was a friend. She's since passed away. But she was technically not what you call together. She did not have the setup that we yeah, all had. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and she couldn't hear. And uh, she couldn't hear me. Mm-hmm. And so she just interviewed herself. And it is <laughs> hilarious. Then all of a sudden, Ruby texted her and got her all the information. Ruby is a genius. And all of a sudden, she could hear us. She taught us to do the stop in the name of love, choreography. These crazy moments that I will never forget as long as I live. It became, I mean, I could, it, it, it was very touching mm-hmm. how this thing caught on and just uh, got me through the pandemic and and hopefully entertained a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. Had you live streamed 
from Birdland before the pandemic? Because you live stream now, right? Um, did we do it before? I don't think we did it before because we didn't have it set up. Um, I don't think anyone that, would have thought to before. And I now know, it's, it's like become this thing where like, well, if everyone could watch it then. I know. I know. I mean, the drag of it all was with Pajama Cast Party. Um, we were doing it and I said, oh, I'm going to keep doing this. Once we reopen, I'll do Mondays at Birdland live. And then we'll do another night, Pajama Cast Party. Well, people now have things to do. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. have found and, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and our audience went from 7,000 a week, to, you know, 4,000 a week to 200 a week. And I was like, oh, no, 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 yeah. this is not, you know. And also people you might have on as guests are back to work. and mm-hmm. they, have, they have lives, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Um, or I'd still be doing it because I loved the hell out of, I worked on it. It was like the tonight show. As far as I was concerned, yeah. I would work on it all day. The lighting, the, I mean, what I, what I said to Brian before we started was, uh, you know, before I had an apartment on the Upper West Side in the middle of the pandemic, I had a television studio yeah. <laughs> on the upper one side because yeah. I had lights everywhere and a, the the right backdrop. And I, it, I took such uh, pride in trying to make it look as mm-hmm. fabulous as possible. It was so fun. I loved it. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Um, should we play a game? I think oh, this sure. this feels like a good place to play a game. Oh, I'm so scared. I, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, great. I made up this game as I often do on the subway, just thinking. Oh, God. <laughs> on my commute you, home, I'm you just like. Th- Wait, you think on the subway? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Occasionally. And what I was thinking was well, when we used to play in person, there were so many more games I could play. How can I convert a few more of them back to Zoom? Yeah. So I have found. How do I call it? Like reverse heads up or like not a surprise heads up is what I'm calling it. Okay, not okay. a surprise heads up. I love it. I feel like I need glasses. Is we would like <laughs> go around the room and like hold up a Lights of Broadway show card and then everyone would. Oh, you. Oh, my God. Amazing. I'm going to put my glasses on, too. Everyone seems so cool. We have glasses. So we would hold up a show card and then everyone would have squigs. to guess. We love squigs. Yeah. Well, big, big squigs fan. Is not the person with the card would have to give clues and then you'd have to guess who's on your head. As soon as oh, we moved to God. Zoom, we realized you could see who's on your forehead. And so that game can right. be played. Oh, and right. also, That's... I'm the only one with show cards, except Jim also has his own. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, be a short, it would be a short game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> every, the end. Every turn. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Um, so not a surprise, I decided I could still hold up, and I'm like the keeper of the cards, I can hold up who it is, and then the first person who can tell me a fact that is on their card. Oh my god, I hate this. Which is mostly wow. just like all of the shows they've ever been in. Okay. And birthdays, apparently. Okay. And Broadway debuts. Oh no. All right. Well, let's see what I we can do I here. I don't anticipate. Okay, I this is going to. Did you know? This 
is going to be me showing my ass because uh, while I have, not literally, by the way, uh, <laughs> I don't want to sicken your audience. Um, I know so many of these people. I love this community so much, but I can remember literally nothing about their careers, about their... So this could be a very quick, disappointing game. There are also Enjoy. shows in here, so I suppose if I pull a show, mm. you can also name fun facts about that, and I'll see if it's on well, the card. Let's oh, see what happens. Let's oh, see God. We'll see. I'm so and sweating. This game is a failure, and we never play it again. Yeah, that's or what maybe, they do. I just don't want to be the failure, but go ahead. Okay, oh, just no, no, do no. it. It's always the game's fault. It's <laughs> always the game's fault. <laughs> okay, good. Hate the game, not the player. We'll see. Right? That's the line? That's what they say? <laughs> By the way, okay, a minute ago I was doing this. Please, yeah. I beg you not to use that uh, shot. <laughs> okay. Can you see who it is? Yeah, Kelly O'Hara. I, I can. I can. It's Kelly O'Hara. Um, I, I, I'm going to assume that on the back of her card is... Um, that she kicked a pony, that a pony kicked her. <laughs> in what show? Uh, Light in the oh, Piazza. Yes, the Light in the Piazza is on the back of her car. Yes, yes. <laughs> she kicked a pony. I guess, like, spoiler alert for Light in the Piazza. Yeah. Oh, no. No, wait, now what? <laughs> yeah. Actually, are you guys so excited to see it at, at City Center? Yes. Is it yes. City Center? Yeah. My or, friend James Gish. Summer, right? Or is it yeah. soon? I, I mean, summer is soon, I guess. Uh, hello. Uh, my friend James Gish, who was just uh, Fierro, plays uh, 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 the guy. You know, Fabrizio? the guy. Fabrizio. Fabrizio, From thank Fierro you. Fierro to Fabrizio. Yeah. I mean, isn't that hilarious? <laughs> He's so talented, you guys. Oh, yeah. Him. June 21st. It starts June 21st. Oh, can I bring a newborn? Uh, Ruthie Ann Miles. <laughs> this is Wait, great. Was that, the, was that the game? No, that that's yeah. who's in it. But that I, but I, 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 I love that answer. Okay, ready. I'll do another card. Doo-doo. Oh, uh, okay. Either one it's, of you. Ding it's in Cynthia Revo for all of our listeners. Yes. Uh, yes. I, you, you, you uh, flinched first, Jim. You, you give your answer. Only because. I actually know that she was in The Color Purple. Correct. Broadway debut, The Color Purple. Oh, thank God. I Okay, <laughs> okay next card. Uh, Leah Salonga, Miss Saigon. Yeah. I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even see that, by the way. Oh, sorry. I was like, let me make sure. Yes, Broadway debut, 1991. Yeah. yeah. Let's see who else we have. I don't know who that person is that I just pulled out. Here we go. Okay, Stephanie J. Block. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, go. Oh. <laughs> It'd be more annoying than I. Uh, she made her Broadway debut in Boy From Oz. She uh, was the actual original Elphaba. Is that on the card? Probably not. It I'm is. just curious. The, yeah, it, it is. is. Did you that know? She was, after having sung Alphaba in the first Wicked Reading 2000, Block won a 2006 Helen Hayes Award for originating the role on tour. 
oh, on tour, but she yeah. did all of the recordings everything. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Although I think Julia Murney d- did a lot of those too. But mm. here's here's a fun fact. When uh, Stephanie, who is a great friend of mine, uh, was preparing to do Boy From Oz, she called me and she was like, I have to be Liza Minnelli. And I was like, we can do this. Uh, so she would come over and we'd have Liza lessons and I would show her videos of like us at parties and Liza in real life mm. uh, at part, at, you know, just uh, having fun and stuff. And I would give her little, obviously I wasn't giving her things that she could, that she could uh, change the show in any way. Right. Right. With, but like little secrets, like, Liza would never wear her shoes inside the apartment. What? Why are you in high heels in your own apartment? Mm-hmm. Uh, Liza would always have a cigarette. Liza, um, oh, there's a moment when when Stephanie sits on a piano, I think, and crosses her legs, and her feet were just kind of hanging. Liza would always point her foot because she wants you to know she's a dancer at heart. Um, so... <laughs> That's my story about Stephanie. Oh, that's so what a fun, what a fun anecdote. That's amazing. And she was amazing. I love that show, by the way. That was a blast. Boy from Oz? Yes. Oh, we had a that I I vividly remember seeing that, and I sat behind Carson Kressley. (laughs) That is so great. And then I remember what a 2003. I know, I know, I know, right? Um, really, the gayest sentence ever because sitting <laughs> behind Carson, watching a show about Peter Allen, Judy Garland, and Liza Minnelli. Yep. <laughs> Good night. Yep, 100%. And I, something I, I remember how good Hugh Jackman was, but I also remember um, that they kind of gave him free reign to make fun oh. of people who came in late. Um, and I remember that being one of the first times I had kind of seen that as a part of the show um yeah. like like an actual segment during the show not just like an offhand comment like that oh. that is like a fun ad lib like there was a full section where he would like literally heckle people sitting in their seat late i i, I vividly yep. remember that about the show i mean he got that role i mean he i i thought he was really uh pretty spectacular and that is I why didn't know- he is my forever tony awards host Mm. <laughs> he was he was really great. He was yeah. a great host. Yeah. Who was your favorite? Okay, so he was yours. Um uh Brian, who was yours? I mean, that's uh, it's a good question because off the top of my head like I think it might be him because that's kind of like when I was actually really paying attention to the Tonys on like a different level. Not just like watching them for fun with my mom like, you know, growing up, but like Actually, That's like when we I, were in like high school, college. It like, means the world. It means everything. I know. I get it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I had like and, those and Neil Patrick Harris school. years were fun. Yeah, yes. like the showman, the greatest. <laughs> oh yeah, the greatest showman. Mm. No one, mm. anyone from the balcony? No. no? Okay, no. great. I still haven't. We seen got that it. Movie. It's my greatest. <laughs> never have I. Ever. Oh my god, me too. Oh, oh really? I just haven't gotten to it. We're very busy. We're very busy people. We could watch all of the West Wing in 2020, but we couldn't watch The Greatest Showman. In 2020, it was like in two weeks. 
My husband and I have decided that that will be our newborn show. Like the first two weeks of having a newborn, we'll just have our friends, as we call them, in the background. Mm. I like it. Oh, I like it. Because we can pop in when we need to. You can take a nap and know what's happening when you wake up. That's absolutely right. Perfect. Who is your favorite Tony Awards host? Yeah. Now that you've asked us. Um, this is so, I mean, I've already name dropped her like 20 times, but the year Liza hosted and Billy Stritch put together a medley for Liza and Lorna to sing of sisters songs, sisters, sisters, mm. uh, that ended with, um, uh, nothing's going to harm you, please. She was great. Um, I'm, I loved Rosie because Rosie cared so, so much about yes. that community. It's similar to like why I love Hugh Jackman. Like Rosie's yes. like the biggest fan. Yeah. Yes. Biggest fan. He knows everyone that's there because he loves it. That's Rosie right. Was, that's right. Rosie was yeah. definitely going to be one of my answers because yeah. it's not even – the thing is like, yeah, the hosting was great and, and I, I vividly remember that. But like I actually think the most important like – Broadway megaphone was the Rosie O'Donnell show. Like, like I don't think there was unbelievable. Truly, nothing. I I grew up right outside of New York City. I grew up seeing musicals. Like, I was very, very, very um lucky, and um you know we were able to afford them. We could go whenever. Like, I understand my privilege at that point in time. But like, even though I was actually physically in those theaters seeing those shows, there was. Nothing more special than watching Rosie get excited about having ragtime on or having Rosie get Titanic or talking to like having Barbara Streisand on like like all of those moments like really more influenced my fandom than it did my like love of actually seeing the shows. It's it's fascinating. I'm sure she hears that. But but we have to tell her all the time. With mm. our, I mean, whether in person or just by by putting it out there, because that is very important. And and you know, every talk show kind of has their Broadway week, and yeah, you know, they they try and 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 like really, we got James the press release and had nothing else, so here they are. I know, <laughs> I know. And so we'll bring on Kristen Chenoweth to talk about Broadway. Um, great, Corden certainly has has done a lot, mm-hmm. but. It, it she it, that came from her guts. She yeah. loved it, and she insisted uh, to her staff and producers that that be such a huge part of the scene. And of course, having John McDaniel there, who is a Broadway musical director mm-hmm. and who knew everybody, mm-hmm. and I mean that was it was it, that was um, career changing. I'm sure for many, many, many. Yeah, it was just like infused into every fiber of that show, even if it wasn't a Broadway week or or whatever the case may be. And honestly, now, if you go on YouTube and you type in like, I want to see a scene from Ragtime or something, she's her all her clips show up first. Yes, yes. Now, that being said, Neil Patrick Harris had some of the greatest writing I've ever seen in my life. Yes, Mm -hmm. his Um, opening numbers were always fantastic. Unbelievable. I mean, they were like the old Oscar openers that, um, that, uh, what's his Billy Crystal. Crystal. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's his face? That's nice. He'd appreciate (laughs) that. Um, Being said, Ariana DeBose is old school in that old glamour, funny, smart, Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, hip, love loving the community. You know, I mean, she's fantastic too. So mm-hmm. it's it's to me usually a really uh, great uh, showcase for whoever it is to really to really shine. Yeah, um, I wonder absolutely. if they'll ask us, like the three of us, at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 this, we actually have, we have you on this episode to let you know that we got, we got the email. We got the call. We got the email. We're doing the Oscars. They're bumping us straight up. You guys, what if it was the three of us, Seth Rudetsky, Dean Petty, uh, Richie Ridge, um, (gasps) who else would be in there? Um, Just all of us kind of. James, like all of the like. (laughs) Yeah. Just all of us theater freaks. <laughs> I mean, it would be that's a, an acute segment, maybe not a acute segment, but that's actually an interesting concept. Like, I keep making references I don't understand. Yeah, I know, right? I know, an, I know. I mean, I don't know if we're enough to tune in, but um, I think that's an interesting concept, just like in terms of like quote, like fans or you know, like, like uh, you know, more than fans, like, like, like people who are part of the community, the community, yes. the community mm-hmm. members, like that, that's a better way to phrase it. That'd be fascinating. But I what mean, we're ha- such interesting people. Uh, uh, um, God, the names just flew out of my head, but some of the reviewers that are so funny, so smart, mm. um, uh, the, okay. We are lousy with brilliant photographers. Uh, some of these photographers that are backstage and and not just shooting the shows, but um, mm. uh, just really interesting, fun people. Emilio, um, I'm trying to think of of uh, some of those people. Matt Michael, Matthew Murray. What's his name? Matt Murphy. Uh, Matt Murphy. Um, Kenny Anderson. Anyway. Yes. Yes. All interesting people. I'm in. Oh, I'll yeah. sign wherever. Let me know. Okay. I have a tux. <laughs> um, uh, well, we didn't ask you what's your favorite musical. Like, what what is your what is your favorite thing? What do you what what's your what's your gut answer? I mean, I, I have to say, what changed my life was a little musical I like to call Dream Girls. I was coming, I was, I was always coming to New York from Texas. You know, you'd come up here for five days and you'd see 37 shows in five mm-hmm. days. Uh, it was nuts. And then you'd go back and not remember any of it because it all ran together. Um, and you'd keep your playbills and, oh, it was such a time. Uh, Dream Girls, a friend of mine that I was staying with had auditioned for Dream Girls and didn't get it. He was he was uh, he was Richie in a chorus line. His name is Kevin Chin, and mm-hmm. he said, "Well, I didn't get the show, but I feel like I want to go see it just to see, you know, see how it is." And it was it was right before it opened, so the the throngs hadn't seen it yet. So we got we got really good seats because he knew people, and we sat in the good seats and we watched. And we were hoping it was going to stink because, you know, just because. Get it. Yeah. So, right. So he could be like, well, that uh, <laughs> should have been in that. We died. We died. And at intermission, after she sings, I'm telling you, the people next to me were standing on their seats 
cheering and crying and screaming. I've never seen an audience before or after react like that. The music just hit me. Um, the story hit me because I was a big Supremes fan mm-hmm. because I'm a hundred. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, everything about, and of course, Jennifer Holiday and Shirley yeah. Ralph and Loretta Devine and mm-hmm. what these people were, Oba and Ben Harney, these people were just geniuses. And um, I, I love it. And I still think of that as the greatest time I've ever had in a chair. <laughs> what a good way uh, to put it. What a good way to put it. I like that. Um, I guess here's a here's a question for that because you talk about your favorite. You have a very specific memory associated with that. Do you believe that people can something that they see becomes a favorite later in life, like without the nostalgia kind of associated with it? Like, do you feel like do you feel like there's anything that you could see now that would like? be a dream girls or is dream Girls just cemented because of that in that, that, that entire experience, the, the quality of it, the experience, the number of years you've had to like ruminate on it and it lived yeah. with you. Does that make yeah. sense? I, it totally. Um, I, I think if I sat in that theater today and saw that production, I would still feel the same way. I don't think that has grown in the lore of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see things now. I saw uh, Goodnight Oscar. That was, that was an extraordinary play to me. And, and Sean's performance, Sean, because we're very close. I don't know him. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, his performance as Oscar Levant, thrilling. Um, I think I'll think of that forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't... I... I when I saw the original parade, I wasn't as dazzled by it as I was with this production. I think I'll remember this production forever. Um, so I have a question about that, actually. That, that, that brings up an interesting point. Do you think that the difference between <clears throat> let, let's put like maybe, you know, obviously the old, the original had amazing performances and it has, oh, a, it, you know, completely. it has that. This one has one. Do you think that was pre 9 11 and pre a lot of like things? Do you think that context informed kind of your enjoyment of those? And like, and, and I'm just curious, like, since you did see both of them and, 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 um, we did not, like, uh, how would you de- how would you describe your experience seeing them, including context and and how the world is and how it may have affected you in the moment? Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. Um, I think it probably. D- I think I don't know if it's the world or nine eleven or or the pandemic or anything. I'm different mm-hmm. uh, because I'm grown up, um, and I I think I understand the reality of what that time was a little better because I've read and I've seen movies and I've uh, heard stories. And, um, I, I, uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I just think I, I don't, I don't, this is a spectacular production, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's a better production. I don't know if the performances are better. I would never put 
put them, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to those performers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'm different. I saw it with different, more mature eyes. Uh, I mean, I saw (laughs) you guys, I saw Leopold Stapp. Now, sure. You wouldn't think a funny story would come out of that, would you? No. <laughs> uh, I went. I went with who has done. I mean, she with did who? On Sorry, Frank. I miss. I miss. We said Linda Lavin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Linda Lavin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a great friend. Uh, I book her at Birdland all the time. She's one of my favorite people. So she called and she said, "Do you want to go see Leopoldstadt?" And I was like, "Oh, yikes! I'm going to see a play about." you know, this horrible time in history, which she is really knowledgeable about because she Mm. did Anne Frank on Broadway. And she's, Uh she's very into, I mean, she's, she's very knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. So she's very smart. That's why. And so I thought, Oh, yikes. I hope I'm not, you know, out of my league on this one, but the most hilarious thing happened. We're walking in and, you know, you, you walk into that play with a certain decorum, mm-hmm. I think, because you know what you're about to see. And it's an important play. And it's, you know, so the usher gives us our playbill, gives one to Linda, gives one to me. We start to move into our seats. The usher says, enjoy. <laughs> Just like seeing... New York, New York. It was like, no, don't. This is not, this is not an enjoyable evening. This is a <laughs> thought provoking, harrowing play. Anyway, we still laugh about it. That's funny. Things, like now I bet you like just say that to each other every time you see a show. Enjoy. I, enjoy. Yeah. She's doing a show tonight. She's in Utah doing a movie. And uh, she's singing randomly with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Tonight. Enjoy. That's cool. Oh, and I, I texted her in all caps. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, so I need to write that into a sitcom. I know, right? <laughs> the, but the sitcom's name is Enjoy. That's always one of my favorite questions when I interview uh, performers is, what have you heard on stage that has made you nuts. Do you guys, do you guys have answers to that? Um, we, one of our guests, or that made um, you laugh, that made you laugh. Like went on stage. Or just like in the audience. Like, well, either way, either way. Yeah. Um, now I'm trying to think. I can remember seeing La Boheme with Kevin actually, who is not here. May he be having a good work emergency. Um, and the whole time there are these college students sitting behind us um, reminding each other which part of rent we were at in La Boheme. Oh. We're like, so that's <laughs> They were just like, they clearly like dolled themselves up to go to the opera. And then the whole time they were like, La Boheme moment. Oh my God. How perfect. Well, that's kind of sweet, actually. Sweet, but the two of us were just like holding hands to not Shut show up. them, <laughs> and like to not show these like twenty-year-olds that were like, "We all know." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I saw. Um, 
I, I saw what is it? Edward Albee's Lady from Dubuque. Wow. Um and uh it was I, I, I the only one I remember it in I'm, I'm sure there were more, but Maggie Smith played the lady from Dubuque. And if you if you don't for those listeners who don't know the play, there's there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in the play. Like mm. they ask questions to the audience, but they're hypothetical. Like the 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 concept is that the audience is not supposed to respond, but like they kind of turn the audience. But whatever whatever the thing oh. was, people started answering the questions out loud, which was fascinating because oh. like we I think we saw it in previews, so I don't know if the uh, the the cast had kind of like worked out the exact reaction they should have or what they should do. Right. So like it just got like a tad awkward, but they never like corrected anybody. So like the rest of the play, anytime there was a question, it felt like a choose your own adventure play because people were like answering the and it, it was still great. Don't get me wrong, but like right. what an what an a- awkward experience. And, and maybe that maybe maybe Albie wanted that to maybe be a reaction sometimes like. But it definitely made it for a very interesting night of theater, I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. I saw Collected Stories with Linda and Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know the play, but it's about this this woman writer, Linda Lavin. And the play ends. She's very depressed, thoughtful. She's in a chair alone, facing out. The phone rings, her phone rings on the set and it rings several times and she just stares out into the house as the lights are dimming very dramatic the as the lights are dimming right around here lady in the front row the end (laughs) echoing echoing through the entire theater Nice. And so I went backstage and I said, was ready to say, oh, my God, you were so great. And Linda said, she said the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's all she could think about. So that's another. That's a good one. The end. (laughs) Yeah. One last question before we end. (laughs) Um, I guess, you know, your, your Broadway debut was with Liza. Um, in, 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 and, and that was what our opening was, um, on this episode, um, um, Liza at the palace, I guess, like looking back on it, um, you talked a lot about her during this episode and, and she obviously means a, a great deal to you. I guess what's, when you think of her now, like, like, and, 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 and like, what, what, what's the first thing you think of a story a feeling just in terms of that time or the way that she's still a part of your life. Like, like how does that, um, I, I, I don't know. You can, you can answer that however you want to, you could define it okay. however you want. Okay. When I think back to that time, uh, first of all, we toured that show for three years. Um, wow. it, yeah. Oh yeah. All over the world. Cause it turns out she's famous everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were in South America. We were all over Europe, uh, Mexico, all over this country, um, uh, Scandinavia, all over Italy, the weeks in Italy, all the t- all the while I was flying back to New York to do cast part every wait, Monday. Wait, yeah. really? Yeah, it was the best time of my life. Yeah, I was typing. I was in 
in Spain typing press releases for the, sh the Broadway at Birdland series. I mean, it was, it was insane. Uh, but that time, I think what I remember most about her is her work ethic. She will rehearse eight hours, stop, no break. And if we'd be like, can we go to the bathroom? Well, okay. You know, it's like, if you must, um, <laughs> with our director, Ron Lewis, he works harder than any human I've ever seen. Boring sweat, working, crying, laughing. Um, you know, it was always fun, always much giggling and much fun, but it was, it was, um, that was incredible. And her love of the job. Uh, I would get, when we're at the Palace Theater. I'm in my first Broadway show at age mm -hmm. whatever I was. Uh, I had a feeling it might be my first and last Broadway show. Mm. Uh, so I wanted to take advantage of working at the Palace. I would walk from my apartment to the Palace every night. I'd get there like two hours early just so I could soak up as much palace mm -hmm. vibe as possible. She was already there wow. and she would all, she would be in the house walking from, uh, you know, the rose warming up, uh, singing through the songs. Uh, she'd be in the balcony on, um, you know, all over, all over the theater. But, um, her love of the craft of the community um uh, that was uh it, it's something i knew but it to see that uh on a daily basis in reality uh was was uh thrilling and inspiring that's amazing that's good a, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well <clears throat> i mean i think we can end on that that brings us to the end of our episode this has been an absolute delight. Oh, uh, um, yay. It such really great has. stories. Yeah. We really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I guess, like, where can we find more information about Cast Party if people are interested in uh, checking it out? You know, there's castpartynyc.com. Uh, we're at Birdland every single Monday. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at the Carlisle. Uh, Bemelman's at the Carlisle Hotel every Sunday with Matt Baker, a brilliant pianist. Uh, we're also doing the Wallace, which is this cool new little piano bar up on the Upper West Side. Hello. Oh, cool. I know. When did that ever happen? Where is last? it? It's on 76th and Broadway in, in the Wallace Hotel. It's oh, a very oh, chic. Oh, okay. Yeah. It just popped up and I went in and I said, um, I want to sing here. Uh, so what? that's really fun. We'll be there June 8th. Um, We'll be doing cast party in St. Louis and Carmel, Indiana next week. Oh, fun. Oh, uh, we celebrate cast party. We celebrate talent everywhere. Really? Tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we celebrate talent everywhere. Um, you know, uh, uh, just everywhere. Everywhere I can, you know, we'll come to your house and do cast party. Uh, <laughs> I, I love, I love my job so much and I feel so lucky to be able to do it. So, so we do it everywhere we can. You should do a PJ cast party reunion where everyone actually comes to your house. 
I would love that. Oh my god, that's actually a great idea. So fun. Would anybody watch? This is what's this is the, the question. <laughs> Listen, the first <laughs> idea is free. <laughs> the audience can't come, so who can watch this? I know, exactly. Yeah. Um no, I well, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Check out castpartynyc.com. Um, you can find us on social media at broad wasted on all your favorite social media platforms. Um, find us there. Um, you can also find us on Patreon. Um, we do some really fun stuff there. Um, and then of course, um, uh, you can find us wherever you get podcasts, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Um, but we end every episode with a quote. Um, Oh, we do a quote? We do. Yeah, there, that's Kevin for you. Um, but our quote today is, start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Unique New York. Um, <clears throat> cool. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. This was an absolute delight. And as we end every episode, we raise a glass. And we say, Cheers. Cheers. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.